Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the Internet of Trucking with Tappan Chowdhury. Welcome, Tappan. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to have myself here. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. So please pronounce your name properly. I know I probably botched a little bit. Uh, You're pretty close. Tappan. That's Tappan Chowdhury. All right. All right. So, Tevin, I'm really excited to talk about this. The Internet of Trucking is a big deal and we all know it, but we're going to get a little more education on that. But before we do that, please introduce yourself and your company. Yeah. Thanks, Joe, for having me here. So myself, Tapan Chaudhary, I'm the founder and president here at TruckX. TruckX is an IoT company. We started here in Mountain View in the Bay Area. And yeah, we try to bring technology to the trucking industry. So I know a lot of people call it the IoT, the Internet of Things, but we're calling IoT the Internet of Trucking because we're in trucking. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, cannot get better. So tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Yeah, I grew up in India, back in India, a small town near Mumbai. I did my engineering back in India as well, undergrad in computer science. I, as I said, I grew up in a small town lower middle class family and uh, it's been exciting my uncle used to be in this automotive industry and i spent a lot of my summer uh, instead of playing in my 10th grade i used to go to him to kind of learn how to buy and sell cars that's what he used to do buy used cars and you know, fix them up and stuff yeah fix them up and we used to buy them cash all cash deals <laughs> fix them up take that risk and then sell it off so i bet you had a sweet ride did you get were you were able to afford your own car after a while well not over there <laughs> I, I didn't get paid much i mean it was purely learning for me but yeah i mean i did afford to buy a bike which, which was a big deal motorbike and india nice. back in the days uh, late 90s uh, you could not import a car i mean you have to import a car but you cannot buy like a bmw oh so they'd be so, wildly expensive oh yeah they would be wildly expensive so i i have seen some weird things how people used to get the cars so that's when you learned about business though is buying and selling cars yes buying and selling cars i mean Business is mainly providing value, right? How do you provide value to the other party? And that's what I learned. I mean, if you try to sell someone a dirty car, I mean, they would pay less value. But if you just buff it up and clean it nice and put a wax coating, which costs like maybe $10 back in the day, they will pay you $100 more for it. Nice, nice. So when and why did you come to the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, I love technology. I'm a geek by heart engineer has got an opportunity to come here, build a product. I mean, in India, I used to love building something product, but mainly it was in like more in services and uh, we're in outsourcing work. So where, and if I come to the US, I knew I could actually build something of my own. And that's what really I liked. And that's how I came to the US back in 2009. So it's been a lot of years now. So where'd you live when you first moved here? I moved into the central New Jersey. It's again a small town uh, in central New Jersey. It's called Ocean County. It's not the Ocean City. <laughs> it's the Ocean County. And yeah, it was interesting and fun. I mean, and especially growing up like in India, seeing small trucks. In the US, I was able to see big trucks. And uh, yeah, I mean, I won't recommend this anything uh, to anyone, but I used to kind of stop 
kind of next to the freeway watching kind of these big trucks like pass by and you kind of can oh, see, see the wind so you were fascinated <laughs> with trucks even before you in the trucking business huh yeah yeah i mean i i, I was i mean because just as i said i grew up with my uncle uh, buying and selling these cars and then when you see these huge trucks i mean i mean how you cannot be fascinated <laughs> by it <laughs> so what was the first company you worked at it was called Comvault Systems that was in New Jersey and I worked there for a year and then I moved to the Bay Area because I always knew I wanted to be in the Bay Area heart of the innovation. So who did you go to work for there? So over here I worked at VMware in the Bay Area. So VMware is a big company. They build like this virtualization software where the entire cloud is built upon. So I was part of their core uh, Oh, so you're a cloud team. guy from the get-go, huh? Yes, I've been in the cloud guy get-go and that kind of has helped me kind of build some new technology for the trucking world. Excellent, excellent. So when did you start TruckX? TruckX was started in late 2016. I was just kind of wondering, this is kind of my third attempt to a startup. I am always a startup guy. I tried to before. They were never successful, but kind of we learned the lessons along the way. Right. Uh, so when I, I was again fascinated by cars and trucks, so initially started some things to dig around in the car industry, automotive. But trucking was really interesting because there are so many companies in the U.S. and technology has not really hit the trucking market, at least back in 2016, where IoT was not playing a role in trucking. Right. Qualcomm was there. Qualcomm was like a big giant, right? Big gorilla. I mean, they focused on these bigger companies, but then there was nothing which is widely adopted. Right. Well, it seems as if the technology needed to get to a certain price point and a certain accessibility before that could be really widely adopted in our space. So definitely. So you started what year? This was uh, 2016, towards the end of 16. And what and what hole did you see in the market that you wanted to fill? <laughs> well, uh, so when I started looking into the industry, I thought, okay, I'll build like this complete IoT suite of products, right? Like uh, even back in 16, right? I remember I pitched to one company back in Michigan, which was far away from here for whatever reason. Close to this. me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> close to you. So uh, yeah, it was uh, the Strucky company. Someone knew one of my friend referred, they had like 90 trucks. So I flew over there and I presented them, hey, I'm building this ELD. So because the ELD was a new mandate that was coming up. And he was like, hey, I, I don't want this, but I, I still want to install it, right? But what else do you have? So I was like, yeah, I mean, ELD is the one thing, but then we are also building a lot of other things for your company. And then that's how kind of it got started. And I, I got interested in this. Right. So when we were talking, when we were prepping for yeah. this, we talked a lot about ELD. <laughs> and ELD, I know the industry did not want ELD, obviously. And there was lots of problems <laughs> with it, for sure. And there probably still is lots of problems with it. We don't hear as much. I think we've just gotten used yeah. to it. And I know there's making some changes. But that was a huge inflection point in the industry because now all of a sudden everybody had to have basically Internet of Things in their, in truck, their truck. Right? Definitely. I mean... Hours of service, right, is kind of a well-known thing in the trucking world, right, introduced in 1939. Since then, paper log has to be made, kind of made, right? But then ELD kind of uh, enforced people to kind of use IoT, right, Internet of Things, inside their truck, just to regulate and kind of track the hours of service for the driver. Of course, no one likes it, but for the good reasons and bad reasons both. But then it allowed the technology to enter into the trucking world, which has far more benefits down the line, if not from the day one. Right. So, yeah, so we 
could track hours of service, but quickly companies like TruckX realized, hey, hours of service is just one <laughs> thing we can track. We can track lots of things. So that's what I was hoping to talk a little bit about. So I don't want to talk so much about it. E- well, first off, let's talk about some of the, let's talk about ELD. <laughs> What's some of the downside of ELD? In, from I know you provide one. Sure. So you talk to a lot of customers and they don't have a choice. So they say, I have to buy one. I'm going to buy it from TruckX. What are their complaints about ELD today? Of course. So if you look at hours of service, right, I mean, there is a particular particular hours you have to drive and then take a break and stuff. It's very hard when you try to completely enforce it as is. And that's what ELD's goal is, right? That's what ELD does. ELD enforces the, uh, the laws as is, wherein kind of do a driving for eight hours, then you have to stop for 30 minutes and stuff. And that's bad for two reasons. One is... Uh, the human body doesn't behave like a mechanized Mm -hmm. clock (laughs) and then shit happens in trucking right i mean you got laid for your load pickup or whatever so you cannot kind of you have to be flexible in your hours and that's what the flexibility was taken away and that's the biggest kind of contention with the well i think we lost capacity too overall right we lost i don't know what i've heard different numbers i heard (laughs) five percent i heard eight percent what do you hear i mean what what number do you hear that we lost capacity wise because of the eld mandate i think it should be definitely more than 10 overall right aggregated capacity it's not like number of trucks has reduced in fact it has increased and that's one of the primary reasons because people could not drive those many hours it's not like people are driving 15, 20 hours, it's those 11 hours as well they could not drive because they had to stop at a warehouse of certain things which kind of used up their 14-hour window. Right. So now, even when you have, let's say, driven only 8 or 10 hours in a day, you cannot complete the remaining 2 to 3 hours because you run out of your 14 right. Well, I think, you know, switching to a little bit of the good side, I think some of the good stuff that's happened is it's making us recognize that hours, that the driver's hours are valuable. And I think we're also, there's big, we hear more and more about companies trying to help drivers have a better life because we recognize sometimes quality of life is difficult when you're driving. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to be on the road. It's hard to be away from your family. Gosh, I sometimes struggle driving a half an hour somewhere where you're getting traffic. I would not be cut out to be a driver because I'm too impatient sometimes. (laughs) But they have a tough life. And I think what we've realized is that we need to make a better life for these guys. And I think that's probably one of the things that's having a lot of drop and hook. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I think drop and hook and some of these services that we're starting to develop is like, let's make sure those loads are ready. Let's keep these guys driving, which is how they get paid. They don't get paid to wander around your warehouse. They don't get paid to to wait at your manufacturing facility. So I think that's some of the upside of this. And so let's talk from it. You know, we're talking again today's topic, the Internet of Trucking. What are some of the other Internet of Trucking things? So we had this big inflection point when everyone had to have this stuff in their trucks. Mm -hmm. And we all are used to having mobile phones. We're all used to having tablets. Mm -hmm. But what are some of the other Internet of Trucking stuff that's out there? Well, of course, yeah. So there are like cameras, right? So you can put dash cams in your truck, right, to kind of see what's going on outside the truck for insurance purposes. Then there are trackers, which you can put independent trackers, right? That can go onto the, your other assets, be it trailer, be it like a forklift, be it anything, right? Any kind of assets you have. You have other kind of small sensor, the temperature sensors, right? Right. Right. So let's talk a little bit about this camera. So yeah. I know it, you're not the only company creating sure. this stuff, but let's assume so you can talk to it. If I'm driving a truck, mm-hmm. there's a camera that would be facing out 
so it's looking at the same road I am as a driver. Yeah. So if there's an accident, they're able to say, here's what the driver was seeing prior to the accident, right? Definitely, yeah. So that's the biggest point here. It's facing outside, right? So you can produce this video at the kind of if there is a wreckage so that the driver can kind of come out of this because the biggest challenge with trucking companies, right? It's a commercial, it's a business. It's very easy for anyone to kind of say, okay, this trucker is at fault. Mainly it will be a rear-ended collision because truckers cannot stop as quickly as a car would and the car will come in in the front of you, right? So, and uh, I think uh, in your prep work, we talked about how it is very hard because for trucking company, right, to keep all the records kind of up to date, as, as you pointed out. Right. So. Right. When somebody was, let's just say there was an accident, yeah. and after that accident, especially if somebody was injured or, God forbid, killed, mm-hmm. the trucking companies could be sued. They get have one of those, what do they call those verdicts, you know, very expensive ones that drive companies out of business. I did a podcast with a guy from insurance business, and he said, that the best thing trucking companies can do is keep their records updated, keep their maintenance records updated, keep their training, everything, their documentation has to be perfect, but then get cameras because the person who might have been injured in the city, they live in that city. The trucking company might be 10 states away. And as as you said, somebody says, oh, this big, bad trucking company, even though it could be small, it's a commercial entity, Mm -hmm. and somebody says somebody was injured or killed, there should be payment. And, you know, especially with jury trials, they say, well, why can't that company come up with a few million dollars, right? Yeah. And, and it, to your mm-hmm. point, if we have those cameras that can document, and that's facing out, looking at the road out of the uh, the driver compartment. Yes. And I know there's also cameras that face inward, mm-hmm. that face the, the driver, driver yeah. right? And then what other kind of cameras are there? So there is one that is facing outside, one facing the driver. I mean, if you choose to kind of have the driver facing camera, then there is, you can have cameras on the side mirrors so that you can look behind or on the sides of the truck. So in case of accidents, that's also useful. Even though the front-facing camera will still capture your mirrors, especially for the big rigs, because the mirrors are right in the front. Right. So in the front view camera view, you can actually capture the mirrors and the mirrors will tell you what's behind. Anyways. So, so are these affordable? cost-effective for trucking companies to do? I mean, definitely. I, I think uh, now with the increase of technology and 4G and even now 5G right, coming into play, 4G has become much cheaper and the data cost is insignificant compared to back in the days. And now you can have a cloud-connected camera. So not just it's recording locally, which we do, even provide like a, like a big storage, right? So you can have a bigger storage media as well. Previously, it was not possible to store the video that much. You need to have a big kind of a device. Now it can be a small device, 128 gigs of data on it. It can record for a couple of days. So it is affordable. It becomes affordable. And that's what IoT kind of brings to the table, right? Right. Well, that's the also, if you're in an accident, I mean, maybe you say it's just a cost cost of doing business for right now. But if you're in a horrible accident, Mm -hmm. potentially saves you a lot of money if your company was not, your driver was not at fault. Definitely. Um, I mean, if you look at that perspective, I mean, definitely it's a really good. It's a good investment. It's a (laughs) no-brainer, I would say. Yep. So we know about ELDs. Mm -hmm. Now you just talked about cameras. What's another internet of trucking innovation that people should be thinking and looking at? So... Another is these asset trackers. So asset trackers has been there for a while, but then now again, because of the 
technology, right? It has become much smaller, much more affordable, and much more powerful and smart, right? I mean, just like we have smartphones, these trackers have become smarter. So you can put it on your trailer independently if you're doing drop and hook. You can put it inside your truck to track the trucks in real time. So these are like GPS trackers. Yes. And so we have GPS trackers that we put on tractors? Yes, on tractor as well as the trailers. So we well, you really kind of don't need it. If you got the LD, that's that's your tractor yes, for the, for the trailer. I mean, for the for the tractor. I mean, for, for the trailer <laughs> for the tractor. Yes. But you're talking about GPS for trailers. Yes. What are some of the advantages of having a GPS on the trailer? Yeah, I mean, the main one is kind of yard management, so you know where exactly your trailers are, and if you want to tell your driver, hey, pick up this truck, you can easily send a link, and which pinpoints the location of your trailer in a yard. So that's one. Of course, you can have alerts based on geofence. So you can actually monitor when your trailers are coming in and out of a particular yard. You can have a utilization where it was parked for how many days or hours and how much time it was moving for. Right. And potentially, if a driver backed up and connected to the wrong trailer, (laughs) you catch it before he's 100 miles away. You catch it as he's leaving the yard. Yes. And I think we also talked about sometimes these yards are enormous. And if you say, hey, your trailer is right down the way, Mm -hmm. you could walk 100 yards in the wrong direction and then say, where's the damn trailer? And you're looking around and trying to find it. Again, it's one more thing. We've wasted driver's times. And it's also... You know, we I've talked about this before on my podcast. It's just kind of disrespectful. Like, you know, if yeah. I if that I'm wandering around in the yard looking for the trailer, it would be a it lot is. better if you said, "Hey, I can tell you exactly where that trailer is." Yeah, that's where we bring efficiency, right? And also, it impacts your hours of service because the driver right. has spent time just in the yard, and rather than right. actually driving and making money. Right. And this, so this is good for the guys who are doing drop and hook in yep. yard management. Very important theft, obviously. So if somebody was stealing yes. your trailer, there's yep. no way to track it if you don't have GPS on it. So, And these trailers are smart. So let's say if someone is trying to kind of steal your trailer, right? They typically try to, thieves are also not dumb, right? They try to kind of find these trackers and like knock them off. So these trackers can actually have removable alerts. So if someone is trying to knock it off or remove it or something, right, it will still send you an alert saying, hey, your tracker was removed. Right. So So you said something about utilization. Expand on that if you don't mind. So utilization is something which is important for trucking companies to kind of not just know how much your assets have put into work. So let's say if you're buying a trailer, right? You need to know that the trailer is moving or it's just parked somewhere on a yard for the longest time. So that's kind of a big way for you to optimize your investment. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so let's just say I had 10 trucks and 20 trailers, and then my guy says, hey, we need more trailers. And he say, hey, look, I'm looking at utilization on yes. these trailers. It's too low. We have to use our 20 yeah. Trailers more efficiently. efficiently. Let's reroute a little bit until we are using these trailers to an appropriate level. I don't know what the appropriate level is, but I think now you could at least track it and start to say, hey, maybe I have one terminal that is using the trailers more efficiently. You say, hey, that's what do we need to do to make that happen in our other terminals? Yeah. And also another one big use case for utilization is your shippers, right? So shippers sometimes require that your trailer, your commodity has to be in a certain yard. So if you're taking a break or something, right, if if there is a delay, right, in the delivery, they want the trailer to be in their yard and should not go out. You can generate a report and send it to them if there is any claim or anything or just kind of 
as a good thing so that you can get your payment much faster from the shipper. Right. Saying, hey, I have right. all the proofs. I've done your work correctly. Right. There is no delay needed for the payment. Many years ago when I was selling for a trucking company, uh, one of my clients was helping sell some of the, their services. Brought on a big client and it's a well-known hardware store. And okay. I was so happy to get that business. And then we dropped a trailer there. Mm-hmm. Or the driver dropped a trailer and then the customer didn't fill it up. Oh. And then, <laughs> and then basically our operations team said, we're not going to drop in a trailer there again. So my big sale went away because they didn't fill the trailer. <laughs> so I was like, oh, and, and it's hard to appeal to the uh, operations team once you've wasted their trailers because they were supposed to be filled and picked up by then. Yeah, that's why it was dropped for, right? To save time. <laughs> right. So we talked about ELD. We talked about cameras. We talked about so asset tracking, not just the tractor, but also the trailers. What's yeah. another thing? Yeah. So we talked about the cameras as well, right? And then the other things are sensors. So as I said, this asset trackers have become smarter. So they have these different sensors you can attach to. So these trackers are no longer just a GPS tracker, but they become IoT hub. So when I say IoT hub is, they can connect to a lot of different IoT sensors. So temperature sensors, be it door sensors, be it like wireless relays, or like capacity monitoring inside your trailers. So inside my trailer, you can tell me the temperature, which is good. So you put yeah. that somewhere on the ceiling? Yeah, the but typically, yeah, you put just stick it out onto the ceiling. It's a small wireless device. And like many companies or your previous tech, if you look at, they had like a probe. So it's like a thermometer and you kind of make a hole in your kind of uh, trailer, right? And then push it in and it's not reliable. These are wireless. These days you get wireless temperature sensors. You cannot just put one, you can put multiple because it's a huge trailer. So when I put that sensor inside my trailer, it can Mm -hmm. tell me, let's just say it's, this is a temperature controlled. Mm -hmm. It will tell me what the temperature was in that trailer the whole time I was driving it in before, as soon as the sensors... And then will it give me alerts if the temperature is going too high and leaving the proper range? Definitely. So for each trip, then you can set an alert saying, I want temperature to be maintained at 43 and 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And if it goes beyond 45 degrees, you'll get an alert. So rather than having a claim on a lost commodity, because that's where the biggest expense in a reefer is, uh, like reefer commodity is people, it is expensive and people don't like to do it because of these, because of spoilage. So you can avoid spoilage by kind of reacting on it rather right. than... So I, I was able to make adjustments before yes. it actually spoiled. And then to your point, I also have documentation that it stayed within the proper range from the entire time yes. loaded till unloaded. Yes, and that's why we ask customers to stick it on the ceiling, not on the floor, because your heat will go on <laughs> on the top right. and not in the heat bottom. Heat rises, so it makes sense, makes sense. Yeah. Now, I'm just curious now, With let's just say I'm driving through a desert, you know, Arizona mm-hmm. or Nevada or somewhere. Is yeah. the temperature of on the top of the truck, does that impact the... No, so... Or is it insulated well enough that it doesn't matter? So trailer itself is insulated right well enough. And on top of that, the temperature sensor, even though it's stuck on the ceiling, it detects ambient temperature. So it's not like a surface temperature. So it okay. does not have a surface impact. It so is it more care. about the ambient. Yeah, it doesn't care. And that's why it's nice. different than the thermometer. Thermometer is more like uh, kind ambient. of ambient, less of ambient, but it has more, it can impact with the, if it touches yeah. something. So if the bracket that it's mounted on gets mm-hmm. hot, mm-hmm. it's hot. So now that temperature sensor, it can do more than just sense temperature. You said this is kind of the internet of 
yes. things or trucking, depending on how we're using <laughs> that IoT. Now, what else can it do in that truck, in that trailer? So there are various things. So the temperature sensor itself is useful as a logger. So it has its own Bluetooth, right? And it has its own memory. So now you put a temperature sensor in a, let's say, a pallet. So even if you're not a trucking company, let's say you're a warehouse or a shipper, you can put it in a pallet and then you can track the temperature at the other end when you receive it and then collect the histogram of it saying, okay, was the temperature maintained, right? So that's one way. Second is the shipper or a trucking company can put a tracker. Now, tracker is that IoT hub I was talking about. It could be powered on the truck's battery or on the trailer's battery, or it could be a battery powered as well. And again, it talks wirelessly to this temperature sensor, not just one. You can actually put a temperature sensor in each and every pallet and only one tracker. Right. Yeah, I think for Food Safety Modernization Act, I think people want to have that. So I think what arguably could be said is I don't care what the trailer temperature was. I care about what that pallet, what, because that could come off of the truck. Yeah, right. That's all spoilage can happen, right? I mean, you put it outside the trailer and it just stays there for a longer time because your forklift person was right. just busy in something else and they just right. could not move it. Interesting. Interesting. So we talked about ELD, we talked about cameras, GPS tracking for trailers, but those, and then this temperature sensor, this gives us this opportunity to be preemptive. We can be proactive about addressing a potential rise in the heat or getting outside the proper range. What's another sensor that we can use because of internet of trucking? Yeah. So another one is like door sensors, right? So the way I look at it, right? So you have this truck, right? An asset, right? What are, are the moving parts and what internet of things can do right or internet of trucking can do so door is another right your container doors now there is a lot of reasons for theft right someone opened the door and kind of uh, removed stuff from it or it was just opened at a wrong place wherein you want just a proof saying that i did not the trucker trucking company did not open the door so there is a door sensor which tells you how many times the trailer door was open and closed for how long it was open for for how long it was closed for and again it will give you complete history of your entire journey which you can literally download and like send it to your shipper right for any claims. so i told you when we were prepping for this that i was part of a situation where something went from mexico to the u.s and somewhere along the, so there's a picture of everything that was in the trailer when it left mexico they had like 12 hours to the border and then they had to go to the U.S. And when they opened the trailer, they took a picture and they said, okay, a whole bunch of stuff's missing. But the seal had never been broken. So it seemed as if the thieves had somehow gotten into the truck, taken the doors off, but not broken the seal. I don't know even how they did this. But then they put it back. Or maybe they had an extra seal. I don't think they could even do that. But there was no... So the carrier was saying, the seals never broke. I don't know what you want us to say. <laughs> you guys put the seal on, right? Yeah. And there was no doubt there was theft. And it was funny. It was stored in a yard, but mm-hmm. the yard did not capture. The, the camera. Yeah. The camera didn't catch it. So these door sensors can tell me how much time the doors were open, which I might yeah. also want if I've got temperature-controlled food. Somebody says, yeah, I know you're trying to keep that temperature but if the door is open and closed a million times, maybe yeah. like it less than truckload. I know that's rare, but if somebody was to have less than truckload. And the, the problem, again, for the temperature sensors is, right, you have the trailer is container is huge, right? And if you're recording or if you're 
relying on the temperature readings from the reefer unit itself, you don't know which part. Typically, it's towards the head of the trailer, right? Not towards the tail. If you're putting your pallet towards the tail, the temperature might be different at the tail end of your container right. than your head. So you can put actually multiple sensors. So some of our customers are putting multiple temperature, one on the head side, one on the tail side, on the ceiling. And so now you can have monitor the entire container and get nice. better visibility into it. Nice, nice. So what's another internet of trucking or internet of thing, as some amateurs might say? Well, there are like uh, capacity detectors. So you can put something inside your container that can tell you the capacity, whether the container is empty or full. So it's mainly kind of to avoid, hey, can you go and check in the yard, right, if this container is, which so containers are empty? So how much... Will it say it's half empty or three quarters empty? What will it tell it me? It can give like a rough range, like uh, as you said, half, maybe a quarter. It cannot tell you like precisely like 20% or so, but at least it can tell you if the container was empty or full. That's kind of interesting because at some point, if I've had one of these sensors in all my trucks, I could mm-hmm. say, hey, I noticed that the overall capacity usage has gone up 10% or gone down 10% month to month. Yes, and it's I imagine, more useful for LTL people, I guess, than the FTL, but yes. Right, but I imagine at some point your technology will continue to improve and you'll be able to give a better yeah. sense of the utilization of that truck. Definitely. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. of that trailer. Trailer, yeah. That's very interesting. Well, it'd be also interesting, Can it, does it change over time? So could you show a track like that trailer was 100% full? At 9 a.m. and at 10 a.m. it became 70% yeah. full. So there are several ways, right? So even the door sensors can tell you all this information. Or in fact, the capacity sensor can, of course, tell you. And then again, it's talking to the same IoT hub. So we know the location, we know the time and everything. So we can definitely create the graph. We're all trying to reduce empty miles. And I guess part of that is reducing half empty miles and three quarters empty miles. So I can see a time when carriers and brokers and 3PLs and shippers will start saying, hey, this data that we can get is going to tell us, you know, how well we're doing our job. Yeah. No, this data is really important, right? And that's where the innovation of IoT comes in. It provides you visibility, but it also provides you opportunity to increase efficiency in your system, in your operations. And that's where the data is useful. So we've talked about ELD. That was kind of the big inflection point, whether we liked it or not, we all had to do it. Then you talked about cameras, inward-facing, outward-facing on the mirrors. Then you talked about GPS for assets, assets, Asset tracking. Yeah, for trucking, for warehouse management. Yep. And then you talked about temperature sensors, so we can be proactive. And actually, that's for both the trailers and also for pallets. Then you talk about door sensors, so I can tell (laughs) when those doors are open and closed. I love that. Then you talk about understanding the capacity within trucks. Mm -hmm. This is like all. So let me ask a question. If I put one sensor, is there one sensor that can do all of that for me? Well, interestingly, so sensors are like you have to design them in a way where it can do a particular job well rather than doing all of the jobs. Right, uh, So yeah. you have to have like different kinds of sensor, one thing at uh, doing one thing correctly. And then that's where the IoT hub comes in. It acts as a tracker, but then can talk to all these different IoT sensors you have. So yeah, I mean, that's where the IoT kind of is uh, comes in. It, you don't have to build like a huge kind of a device. You have to, I mean, to reduce the cost, you basically design a sensor which can do one job and one job correctly. Nice, nice. So, Kevin, 
put a bow on this bad boy. Give us the summary of all this and your final thoughts on it. Yeah, I think uh, IoT is the future for trucking and it will help increase the efficiency in the system. And that's where I think it's a really good investment for any trucking company to make sure they are technology driven. So technology as kind of you have to embrace it. There is no shying away or running away from it. Technology, be it this IoT, you have to use mobile apps, right? I mean, you have to just embrace it and kind of. So this, I mean, usually we haven't even said visibility. It seems like visibility is constantly used, but this is visibility and transparency, efficiency. And I can see it just getting better and better, Mm -hmm. obviously, like all of the technology. We expect you techies to just get better every week. Yeah. But you can see how close we are to a place where that sensor in the trailer telling me how I'm doing business. Right? Oh, definitely. If I if, if it found out my trailer doesn't move very often, and mm-hmm. and then when it does move, the doors open too much, and the temperature range is is all crazy, it tells me how I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And the other other thing which we take uh, to our heart is privacy. So with all this technology, right, and connected platform, you have this visibility. Now you want to make sure that this visibility is in the right hands, right? right. So you don't want this to be exposed to an entity where you don't want it to be exposed to. And that's where we take it very seriously in our company to make sure that the user knows if you want to share your location or all this data to, let's say, a shipper. Do you really want to share it or not, right? <laughs> and for how long you want to share it to a broker or a shipper as a trucking company. Right. So, yeah, this is fantastic. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to teach us. It's interesting because when ELD hit, Mm-hmm. I never gave it too much thought, but that's kind of the the Trojan horse, so to speak, for we already had technology that did stuff, but yeah. what you're talking about here is just kind of the next level, and it's just amazing that how quickly it's moving. So definitely, yeah. Tell us a little bit about TruckX. Who do you guys serve? Who's your typical customer, and what are you typically helping them with? Yeah, so TruckX started with this vision of IoT and how the IoT can enable efficiency in the trucking market. I mean, that was our first motto to bring transparency, visibility, and efficiency in trucking. That was the first brochure we print. <laughs> I remember back in 2016. We started with ELD business because we thought that this will help trucking companies kind of get this going. With, and they had no they choice. Like <laughs> yes, they, they had no choice, right? And uh, this is where kind of good and bad, right? I mean, kind of comes in but how we can still help them to kind of right. adopt to this technology easily. So we came up with a Bluetooth-based solution with the ELD, wherein you bring your own kind of a device where people can just use their smartphones to connect to a device that we ship it out physically to them. And since we are a bootstrap company, we didn't raise a lot of capital. We, we started bootstrap uh, family-owned business, so we understand all of the trucking companies are family-owned business, right? We understand how they work. Are you the only guy in Silicon Valley who uh, hasn't taken VC money or angel money? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and we are right smack in the downtown of Mountain View. It's like we're next to Google. So They're, they're really going to throw you out. Don't be surprised. You find yourself living somewhere else, Stefan. Yeah, I mean, we are doing good. I mean, we are doing uh, great because of the customers we serve and we take it uh, really seriously. We make sure our products are really easy to use. And we started with this Bluetooth ELD. We built a mobile app. And the mobile app is really dead easy for people, trucking companies and drivers to use. Specifically, if you look at trucking drivers, right, people who are not used to the smartphone, they don't want to use the smartphone. Plus, they want this ELD to be 
very easy to use. And if you look at the older products like Omnitrax or Qualcomm and these people net of the world, their ELD is so complicated. I just don't know how, how, they, how drivers even use it. So we have driver first mindset. Like we were the first one to introduce auto night mode. I mean, what is no, that? So what it does is uh, you have a mobile app where the ELD has to be constantly up on the, your dashboard. Now, people who are driving at night, it was like a bright light on their face. No one likes it, right? So they try to turn it off. So what we did was we detect your location. We do detect the sunset time and the sunrise time and we change it. Uh, to black mode this was done like back in 2017 my phone does that yes (laughs) so back in 2017 night mode was not a big thing like i mean apple introduced in 2018 and 19 i guess so we were the kind of we can say first ones and i remember i know know apple copies (laughs) everyone knows that (laughs) maybe (laughs) no but the good part of that is i remember some of our customers calling us just to say thank you that uh, and it shows that we care for them and we kind of it was not asked by anyone we just built it because we did care for them and those are the things which kind of really differentiates us from the competition and we build our own technology which is another different thing even being a bootstrap company there are so many ELD companies out there who will just white label the solution that means they buy technology from somewhere both hardware and software they just stamp their name on it and sell it so right. we don't do that. We build our own tech so we can provide them 24-7 really supreme customer service and uh, kind of constantly innovate, which none of them others can. And Bluetooth was the first wave. Then we launched a hardwired ELD because we realized companies who have like four or five trucks, it's very hard for them to manage with this Bluetooth connection with the drivers and make sure that's always connected. So hardwired ELD where kind of only tracks and people let sell them, they kind of like the aspect of it that it is wired into the ECU and they don't have to worry about anything. But they didn't like the fact that it's really old school. The UI is really terrible, to say the least. So we built a modern platform wherein it's a hardwired product where the driver does not need to do much. It's just hardwired and it just works all the time. And that has gained huge traction for us. And now we are going after also like the bigger accounts and smaller accounts, both with people more than thousand trucks right. wanting this solution. So this is crazy. Well, I'm kind of amazed at how quickly it's all happening. Again, we had ELD sensors and it was kind of this drag the whole industry kicking and screaming into that space. But, you know, what's happened since is fascinating and I think it'll just continue. And I do appreciate you taking the time to share all this with us. I'm going to put a link to Truck X in the show notes and I'll also put a link to your LinkedIn profile because I know you're on there a lot. Oh, I use it like as my text. So if anyone reaches out, I, I'm always available over there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I sent you a message and you responded immediately. I was like, oh, see, this guy never leaves it just like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a easy way to connect to your audience directly. And I think, uh, especially in a more professional kind of uh, setting, so it kind of really helps. Uh, I'm a little shy on the camera, so (laughs) 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 Facebook and YouTube is kind of a little hard for me. But we do have a channel on uh, YouTube as well for TruckX, where I do go to yards and kind of have honest and direct kind of feedback. Well, I'll put that in the show notes too. So if you want to watch uh, Amp and walk around his at the art management, he's got to live with his technology. <laughs> Amp, and thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks a lot, Joe, for having me on the show. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to the podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. 
You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 